Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> What's up, guys and gals, DNVR golf fans? Uh, we're back for another podcast, another recording of Big Drive Energy. I am Big Drive Spence, one of your hosts here with my little bro and uh, best friend, uh, occasionally, depending upon the day of the, the week, uh, Mitchell Smith at Big Drive Mitch on Twitter. Uh, make sure you guys go follow us on there. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff throughout this winter. We post some funny videos, some cool stuff from the PGA Tour and other tours, things like that. So make sure you're following us on all the socials. Uh, we're going to be giving away a DNVR Golf membership that we purchased here shortly, so you got to make sure you retweet our our tweet on there and uh, win yourself possibly a free membership and an hour lesson with me. So you get a free hour lesson. All it costs you is a retweet and a follow. So uh, make sure to follow us on all those socials at DNVR underscore golf at Big Drive Spence and at Big Drive Mitch. What's up, Mitch? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. We just got done working for the day together. So we've we've seen quite a bit of each other already today, but uh, this is a little bit more enjoyable than sitting behind the desk at the uh, golf shop so yeah way better than our real this is way better than our real job so we we enjoy doing <laughs> way, this way more fun this is something we could do all the time versus sitting behind the counter ask i mean so today is december 16th and we had people calling asking us if the golf course was open and there's if you saw our tiktok follow us on there as well dnvr underscore golf <laughs> um but our tiktok yesterday was inspired by the three or four calls we got yesterday as well as today People legitimately calling the pro shop with six inches of snow and asking if we're open. So, like, that's not a joke. Like, we make it, try to make it funny in a little bit. Uh, we try to exaggerate a little bit, if you will. But that's real shit. Like, that shit actually happens to us. And it's 
it's borderline unbelievable. I don't know where people live or if they're just delusional or what they think a, a golf course just never has snow on it or it melts quicker than any other course. But it's borderline unbelievable the calls we get all winter long, people coming in and calling us and asking if we have tea times. It's like, dude, get a grip, get a clue. Yeah, that, that actually pisses me off more than when we get hundreds of calls in the summer. Like, getting three calls in the wintertime, people asking us for open, I'm like, fucking look out your window. My God. That is just something I can't wrap my head around. I was sitting there, my I could hardly reply because I was just shocked that somebody's actually calling and asking me that. So, uh, that's, a, that's a good don't be that golfer. We haven't done that in a while, but. Oh yeah, it's it's literally There's fucking snow outside. Don't call the golf course. It's like, it's almost like you think people are joking. Like you know, some of our friends will call, or some guys we know well at the course will call and fuck with us sometimes. But it's it's almost like that. You're that it's that appalling and that insane with how much snow there is out here that you it's you don't know what to say. Almost you're like uh, you don't want to be a dick, but at the same time you're like, dude, it's fucking snow everywhere. It looks like yeah, fucking, that, that phone call usually lasts about. 10 seconds exactly um guys like what do you think the possibility is of being open uh i literally i talked to a guy and i went zero zero possibility (laughs) he's like okay have a good one i'm like yeah you too the possibility is zero fuck me (laughs) you fuck dog um anyways so today we're gonna get into talk about our carolina trip so we we took a trip out to carolina um, watch the Broncos the Carolinas. game. The Carolinas. We, we hit both of them. We hit north and the south. We hit it from the the top and the bottom. Um, <laughs> but well, well done. We also um, are going to talk a little bit about the PNC Championship this weekend. Not really a, a professional golf event. Believe me, we both looked on DraftKings trying to find odds for Tiger Woods and his son, eleven year old son, to win the tournament. But there are none, so we can't give you any more winning picks uh, like we gave last time. You're welcome, by the way, for that. Uh, plus twenty five hundred. I Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland, little tourney winner. No big deal. Birdied the last hole, so congrats to Victor. Easy winner. Um, you're welcome once again. Anyways, yeah. so you can't bet on the PNC, but we're going to talk about that, and then uh, we're going to so talk about. So it's officially for people who don't know. It's officially called the PNC Father Son Challenge. Yeah. The so fa- it's it's a bunch of fathers and sons. So generally the father is on the PGA Tour and the son is not, or Champions Tour. But there is a few teams like Bubba Watson's playing with his father-in-law. And can you imagine being his father-in-law? Like, I'd be talking to my daughter, like, do I really have to fucking go do this? Do I have to hang out with this dude for three days in a row for five hours? I mean, I know the guy's got hella dough, but still, like, I could not stand playing three straight rounds of golf with Bubba Watson. I would... I would black out, if not during the round, directly after the round. Like there's, <laughs> there's no chance I'd be so fucked up the whole time, because I cannot stand that guy. And anyone who listens to this podcast knows it. But yeah, long story short, there is some, some. I, I don't know. He may be the only one um, that's playing with, say, a father-in-law or a father, whatever. But uh, yeah, there's some pretty cool teams, obviously, outside of Tiger and Charlie. We'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah, so I can, I can kind of go through the field real quick. Once again, you guys, this is going to be on TV. It's going to be great fun to watch. Um, we'll get into Tiger and his son in a little bit. I think we're going to be the only humans in the world that are going to critique Tiger Woods' 11-year-old son's golf swing, um, Charlie. 
and I will be that guy. Mitchell will be that guy that does that. But um, so we got Mark Kalkovecki and his son Eric, uh, John Daly and Little John. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, that that is gonna be the most electric team to watch because John Daly in and of himself is so much fun. But then Little Daly can absolutely bomb it, and he actually. I mean, they've asked John if he thinks that Little John can make it on the PGA Tour, and he definitely can. I mean, I think he's 16, and he's already committed to play golf at Arkansas. And just to have that kind of backing, to have that name, I guarantee you the dude's on tour by the time he's 21, 22. Oh, yeah. Um, well, wasn't and he- that's like a... F- that's like a firm guarantee. That's not like throwing it out there. Like you can put money on that shit. He's yeah. going to be out there. Well, didn't one of his swings go viral on some sort of social media like a week ago? I'm pre- yeah, I'm- I mean, he's all over social media because everyone realizes how good he is. I mean, what they played in, they've played in this for like every, or they've played in this PNC father son every year for like two or three straight years and maybe even four. And even when he was like 11, dude, he was hitting it super good. He was hitting it a long way. Um, he's he's the truth. Maybe not 11, maybe like 12 or 13. But his golf game is the truth. And uh, he's just got that kind of blue-collar throwback style that we like. I mean, everyone loves Charlie Woods, but really, like, come on. I, I'm sorry. I'm one of those people that is not a huge fan of what everyone else is a huge fan of, like, I'm sorry, I just can't. I'm not that kind of guy. So everyone's all over Charlie's. Um, I'm not going to say anything derogatory because he is 11. But everyone's <laughs> all over his stuff, and I'm and I just don't. I mean, we'll see if he makes it or not. Obviously, having Tiger Woods as your dad is about the biggest advantage you could have in any world, in, more yeah. or less the golf world. Not even like, just the golf world, just life. Yeah. The life if he world. Just, if he played basketball, if he if he played any sport, and, or even if he didn't play a sport, the dude could sit on the couch for the rest of his life and and be one of the richest people probably ever. So Yeah, so um, another little quick tidbit about this field is all the professionals in it, or I guess the main, the pro, like, main professionals – uh, are major winners. So Mark Kalkovecchia, Daly, David Duvall, Jim Furyk, Patrick Harrington, Lee Jansen, Tom Kite, Matt Kuchar, Bernhard Langer, Tom Lehman, Greg Norman, Mark O'Mara, Gary Player, Nick Price, BJ Singh, Annika Sornstam is in there, which is pretty cool. Justin Thomas is going to be in there, and he's playing with Tiger and Charlie the first day, which was requested by Tiger and what Tiger wants, Tiger gets. And then uh, Lee Trevino and his son, Bubba Watson, like we talked about. And then, of course, Tiger and his son. So, Yeah, who's playing with – somebody's playing with their grandson. Is it Trevino? Uh, I, think, I think it's Trevino. Um, there's a few other older guys on the Champions Tour that are playing with their grandson. Gary Player's playing with his grandson. Oh, it's Gary Player. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, like, I know – Is Dave, did you say Davis Love? No. Davis no, Love is Davis Love has played in it before, and his son's an absolute stick. He's, I think he's out on tour. If he's not on tour, he's on the web.com or the Horn Ferry, whatever now. But there's there's going to be some pretty stacked teams. Uh, I don't know. Who do you, who are you most excited to watch besides Tiger? Let's let's take out the outline to Tiger and, and John Daly and their, their sons. Um, I think it's going to be fun to see – you know, I'm going to go with Annika Sorenstam just because it's going to be fun to see her compete. Um, is it a son or daughter that she's playing she's with? She's playing with her father. 
actually. Oh, she's playing with her father. Okay. Yeah, so she's playing with her dad. So it'll be fun to watch them. And guys like, I mean, Bernhard Langer had a pretty good showing at the Masters here a couple months ago or a month ago. So, you know, you never know how um, how he's going to come out. And he's playing uh, with his son, Jason. And so we'll see, you know, it's going to be fun. It's, it's a two-person scramble. So if you guys don't know what a scramble is, you, you hit the best shot and follow the ball all the way in. Is it a two-person scramble all three days? Yeah. I, as far as I can tell, what I'm reading here, that's what it says. Okay. It's, it says both players. Okay, yeah. Okay. It's, I'm thinking of the, the shark shootout where they do three different um, three different formats all three days. But, yeah, I, I don't think, like, obviously Charlie's not going to bring a whole lot to the table as an 11-year-old playing a best ball or a an alternate shot. Yeah. So well, so that he, would act, I would pay good money to watch Tiger and his son play an alternate shot. All right, so that let's, would be. Oh, go ahead. Since we since we can't get actually bet money on this on DraftKings, let's get let's have a, a friendly wager, or let's try okay. to guess guess the lines as our our boys RK and Dre do in their uh, DNVR bets daily. Now we'll never have a legit line. Um, but we can guess kind of where the numbers are going to be. So in a two-person scramble, how many golf shots in two days at Grand Lakes, um, the Ritz-Carlton at Grand Lakes in Orlando? Let's say, let's say for for sake of percentage-wise, because uh, let's say Tiger and his son shoot 72-72, which they're not going to shoot. They're going to shoot better than that. How many shots do they take of Charlie's in in 144? So give me a percentage. Um, I'd say less than 10%. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I, I think it's less than 10. What do you think? Yeah, if I had to guess, it'd be right around, yeah, 20 shots. So if Well, they it shoot... also depends on what tees Charlie's playing because obviously he's not playing the tips. Um, So if he's playing the very up tees, if he's playing the fucking family tees, then Tiger's got himself a ringer. Yeah, <laughs> If exactly. they're putting Charlie on the 200 yard tees on every hole and he's hitting driver then yeah but it all depends on the tees i if i bet obviously we can't bet on it but i i would like to think i think that um john and little john would be odds on favorite like the kid's a fucking stick he's probably a plus four handicap plus three handicap so um and they both I, he, they both absolutely swing the hell out of it so yeah he, he moves it just like his dad which is awesome and he always rocks all the loudmouth stuff, so I, I really like that. I like that team more than I like Charlie and Tiger as, as much as everybody wants to love Tiger. Yeah, but this is one of those other ways, and we've talked about it in the past, that golf is becoming more relatable. Not necessarily relatable, but not all these go- these dudes are going to be hitting good shots every time, you know? And so it's just a, a way to not be a, you know, the Masters is great. It's the greatest golf event in the world. But this is something that people can kind of turn on and watch this weekend, you know, when you're not watching football or watching, um, you know, championship games or the Broncos on Saturday or anything like that. But you can tune in and kind of get that feel of, like, guy like John Daly's son. The dude's 16, and you get to see him swing at it. You get to see an 11-year-old swing at it. You get to see Annika Sorenstam in the same tournament. You know, there's so many different options, and that's just kind of – they've done this in the past, you know, but it's now that golf has, like, taken off and people actually started watching it, I think this should have a pretty good viewership, like you know the ma- one of the matches had. Um, not quite there, obviously, because this is a smaller event. Um, but it's only a two day event, and I and actually now that I say that, with all the hype I've seen around Tiger's son, this may be one of the most watched 
um, professional, uh, quote unquote, professional events of the year. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Tiger pulls ratings and it's kind of like all the hype around LeBron James's son. I think it'll kind of be similar to that, uh, even though he's not quite there yet. But I mean, John Daly pulls ratings. There's plenty of guys that, that do do ratings. You just never know what they're going to do, like more like John Daly than Tiger. But yeah, I, I think that it should do pretty well viewership wise. And I mean, you get to see a bunch of silver spooners that like <laughs> Bernard Langer's son, I guarantee he probably sits on his ass and he's going to go top a few at least. And, you know, they just kind of fuck around, have fun. It's a father son thing, all the camaraderie and all that. It's, it's all very cute. So it's, a, <laughs> it's no, it's a fun tournament to watch though. It really is. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, our boy Greg Norman, the shark, um, with the hogger from last podcast. Him is and... his hog the partner? No, his. He... <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> is he playing his? <laughs> is it a okay? Right, we gotta cut it. We, we gotta cut it. All right. Be- before we, I let you roast poor little Charlie in his golf swing. I'm not gonna roast him completely. But... Well, this so this was one of the most on Twitter today. One of the most. Uh, Talked about things at the tournament, of course, is Charlie Woods, 11-year-old Tiger Woods' son, the greatest golfer of all time, undisputed. Um, that claim is undisputed. Undisputed? Bullshit. In my mind. But we're not, well, let's not argue. Let's be friends. <laughs> but the cool thing I saw today, and I actually retweeted it, I think from, I quote tweeted it from the DNVR golf account, was the the motions. His son's the motions. Mannerisms. The mannerisms. Like the, he makes a putt and takes a step and you swear to God it's Tiger Woods and, and when he's winning the Masters when he's 20, 25 years old. So that was what was cool to me is not actually seeing his golf swing. You know, they did the whole golf swing. They both hit at the same time. That was probably one of the most viewed things on Twitter today. And those were cool to see but just to see his mannerisms of how he, he, do, he already has the club twirl down and he's 11 years old. Like that that's how you know it's it's Tiger's son, and they look the exact same, like just in a different, you know, thirty years difference or whatever. Oh yeah, I I think the mannerisms are really cool, and actually his swing is fairly similar. But what a lot of people, um, I mean, let's just start with this. Tiger's a freak athlete. He's very very good at what he he's the best arguably ever at what he does. But he has never really driven the ball that straight. And he actually did earlier in his career. Um, it was probably the straightest he ever drove it. But then, ever since then, he's had a few things in his swing. And I will get technical just for a second. Um, PSA. This is Mitchell getting technical about an 11-year-old swing. <laughs> this is how low we've stooped on on this Big Drive Energy podcast. Well, I was but go on. Because it, this is good content. This is, this is what we, we're different. We're not going to sit out here and, you know, mouth his swing like everybody else on Twitter. Let's let's talk. Let's tell it like it is. Yeah, exactly. Tiger and his son are both going to spray it. I guarantee. <laughs> they're going to be a spray show. His son, and his, it's different because Tiger is a full grown athletic human being, and Tiger still slides the shit out of his hips. He doesn't rotate his uh, trail shoulder. His right shoulder is internally rotated. Um, he shallows it late, which causes him to, to slide his hips and then basically flip at it. And that's why you can get away with it with your irons. And we've talked about it before, but you can get away with it with your irons. But when you get into the longer clubs, the driver, the three wood, that, that causes a lot of, uh, 
inconsistencies and Charlie Woods's face is actually so closed at the top. Like, so Dustin Johnson is a premier rotator. Like I have nothing bad to say about that guy's golf swing. Um, but even John Daly's son's swing is better than Charlie Woods. And (laughs) I I can't compare a 16 year old to an 11 year old, but, uh, Charlie Woods' swing, he slide like you can tell he's trying to create power, but his his grip is super strong, which too strong can be bad. I mean, when you for anybody who's listening, if you care about like technicalities of golf swing, if somebody gets to the top and you pause the video and somebody's club face is pointed straight up at the sky, they they have to do two one of two things. They either have to rotate their ass off properly. Like there, basically there's technicalities to it, but you have to rotate properly hard, which is what Dustin Johnson does, or you slide your hips towards your target, you dump your hands inside, and then basically you, he's going to struggle with low point control, which is a whole other uh, concept, but he's basically releasing away from his body, flipping at it. And then he's hitting that follow through, which I mean, he's flexible. He's, he's 11 years old. And that's what everyone's like creaming over is his fucking follow through. Like, yeah, zippity doo dot. Anyone can have a nice follow through after dog shit. And I'm not saying his swings dog shit, but he does have technical flaws in his swing that, uh, I don't know if Hank Haney was teaching him or I don't know who's, I don't know if it's coming straight from tiger. And that is another slippery slope that I don't know if we've talked about. And I'm kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, but golf players don't necessarily make good instructors and vice versa. There's really good instructors that, that can't sh- break par. And then there's players like tiger. There's good instructors there's that can't even shoot 80. I'm sorry. There's good instructors that can't even like shoot 80. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's a real thing. Um, Joseph Mayo, who I follow pretty closely is, uh, well, he's not really on social media anymore, but he has one of the biggest followings. Um, he teaches tour players, and he's like an eight handicap, but he knows all the technicalities and the actual uh, the biometrics of the golf swing, and he is so he, he will absolutely blow your mind with all of the knowledge that he gets, or I'm sorry that he can provide. Uh, it's it's almost beyond like wrapping your head around, but then. I like, for instance, I knew this girl who was a top five amateur um, in the nation when she was just a junior. So she was like 16 and she ended up going to play at UNLV and she's a very, very good player in her own right. Don't get me wrong. But I asked her like after a tournament, we were talking and she was like, yeah, I was just pole hooking it all day and I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, well, try this. And she's like, you're a genius. I'm like, you don't know that you're doing that. She literally has no idea. And by the way, she worked with David Pels and um, Butch Harmon. I mean, I don't really know how much money her her family has, but she was working with two of the most well-known instructors, obviously Butch with the full swing and then Dave Pels with the short game. And she had no idea what she was doing that was causing her to hit these, these different misses basically. And she was one of the best junior players in America, if not the world. So it just goes to show you that, like, if Tiger is teaching his son how to swing, 
it's not necessarily the best thing in the world. Like it's, it's, he, he provides a lot of information about obviously experience and all of that stuff. But when it comes to the technicalities of the swing, if he's trying to imitate Tiger's swing and it, it, this is all got an asterisk next to it because obviously Tiger Woods is one of the best, if not the best player of all time, but his golf swing does have some technical flaws and, if I was Charlie, I'd be getting hold of another instructor uh, and being like, "Hey, let's uh, let's work on my swing a little bit because there's plenty of other guys that teach the the golf swing so much better than than Tiger Woods will ever be able to." And that's not a knock on him, but he he plays golf; he doesn't teach it, and that's that's the God's honest truth. Oh yeah, like I know, like that's why a lot of people, just amateurs in general get so frustrated and even if a teacher is not that great me like i can see a few things that somebody can't see on them their own you know and that's why i always encourage people to take video of themselves hey hey by the way you're a good teacher don't don't sell yourself short no thanks buddy (laughs) um but yeah you know like i can see things that they can't and i can see things that they can't feel and that's one of the biggest things of teaching is there's one a great saying in golf that's feel isn't real and a lot of people think okay I'm dropping the club inside or I've got my hands too tall and then they see a video of themselves and they're like oh that's not what I'm trying to do or that's not what I think I'm doing at all and so video helps me you know I I kind of almost exclusively this year you know I your your eyes Mitchell's an incredible teacher by the way for those of you guys listening but and he knows he, I've, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know about the golf swing and all the different things that go into it. But I trust, I don't trust my eyes as much anymore when I see something because when I look at a slow-mo video of someone's swing, I can almost instantaneously give them something to work on or, or move in a direction with them. And so I love slow-mo video and I encourage people that are trying, really trying to get better. Instead of just beating balls and just hitting more and then getting more frustrated, look, take a video of your swing Look, you know, I don't recommend watching YouTube videos. One of my most, like, biggest pet peeves when I'm giving a lesson is somebody's like, first thing they say, well, I've watched YouTube videos, and they tell me to do this and do that. And I'm like, you know, YouTube video may work. If 100,000 people watch it, it may work for 5,000, 10,000. But everybody's swing is so different, and there's such different movements that they need to make that not any YouTube video of how to get better at golf is not going to help them most likely. Yeah, I mean, that's why everyone, you, you listen to any good teacher and they will preface everything they talk about by your best option, like Mark Crossfield, he's, he's a big guy on Twitter, um, great teacher out of uh, Exeter in uh, the UK, and he goes, first and foremost, go get a golf lesson from a, a professional, like that because the problem is, is people think they're like, oh, this can help me. And they're not even doing that wrong to begin with. Like you're trying to fix something that's not broken. They're like, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? None of that's wrong. They're, they're so focused on the wrong things that they're not fixing the right things. Like that's like a, uh, a quarterback's like, oh, my footwork's wrong. And it's like, no, your, your footwork's great, but your arm slot's completely wrong. It's just the, the exact wrong thing that you don't know there's a problem until you can identify. Well, the first thing about, sheesh, let me restart that. The best way to fix a problem is knowing that you 
there's a problem. And some people are identify the wrong problems in their golf swing to where it really doesn't benefit them at all. They can grind on something for months and months and they're like, I'm not getting any better. Well, yeah, cause you've gotten a bunch of watered down YouTube instruction and it's basically all in a vacuum. They're like assuming you have this swing or this swing. And so your best option at the end of the day is always to go get a lesson from a professional that that's bottom line because you're in person with them. They can tell you what they see. And as long, and I would say you need to trust your professional also, but that, that comes with time and figuring that out. So that's, that's a story for a different day, but overall I'll wrap this up with Charlie Woods here. Charlie's got a very pure swing. Like it's so fluid and it's beautiful to watch. It's very aesthetically pleasing, but the way he hit, I, I mean, I saw him hitting a giant push. <laughs> he was hitting like a 30 yard push. His foot line was way left and he was hitting it straight down the line. And so, I mean, I guess that works, but I, I think with the swing he has right now, he's going to, he's going to struggle to hit his uh, woods and, and driver straight basically. Yeah, no doubt. So let's get into our trip to the Carolinas. Um, we got to play Kiwa Island. And speaking of Kiwa Island, this Friday, today, when you guys are listening to this podcast, through Sunday, we will be hosting the Santa's Workshop Open at Kiwa Island for WGT Golf. So you guys can go and play on WGT, the exact course that we played this weekend in North, uh, South Carolina. So now we have a fourth country club. So go in there. If you're not already part of the WGT, go in there, join DNVR Four Country Club, head to Kiwa Island, and enter the Close to the Hole Challenge. All you have to do is play. Play the nine holes, play the or the 18 holes, excuse me. Head over to the, our pinned tweet at DNVR underscore sports or email us at info at the DNVR.com. That's just a screenshot of you finishing the tournament. And that enters you to win. And once we pick one winner each week to pick out a DNVR shirt of your choice and a DNVR mask of your choice. And I'll tell you what, in Charlotte, I lost my DNVR mask while our friend Eric did because we were all so drunk. And now I have to wear another <laughs> shitty mask. And our DNVR masks are as good as they get. Like, it's my favorite mask to wear. You have to wear it everywhere you go nowadays. They're super comfortable. Got the DNVR logo on it. So... Get, you get a chance to win that. So go download WGT if you haven't. Join the DNVR4 Country Club. Head to Kiwa Island for Santa's Workshop Open and enter your screenshot and you're entered to win. So, all right. Uh, on to the Carolinas. Uh, what we want to talk, let's just talk a lot about the golf. We'll talk, we'll first preface this with we played 27 holes the first day or kind of the second day we got there. The last nine, we don't really remember much of it. Um, we, we played 18 at Kiwa, had a great time. Finally saw the Bevcart girl on nine, I want to say. Saw her three more times the rest of the round. And um, I don't know, it was uh, actually one the, of the funniest. The last, time, the last time she came around, she said, y'all are getting an Uber, right? <laughs> yeah, she had and two. My buddy, my buddy was like, yeah, but we weren't. I mean, not proud of it. We weren't driving. It was a friend. No, yeah, it was I'm a not friend. not promoting that, but no, we, that that is how much we consumed. Well, and if you guys have ever seen the movie Borat, um, one of the greatest <laughs> lines of all time uh, is uh, "Very nice, how much?" And so we were at the at the golf course, and Oliver, our buddy Oliver, who lives in South Carolina, he asked. He was. We were getting uh, what what are those things called? 
uh, transfusions. Transfusions, which is apparently a big thing down there. I haven't had one until then, but it, it, it's big. It, so it started in the Midwest. It started in Chicago. Transfusions were hot in Chicago. I heard about them maybe two, three years ago. Maybe yeah, somewhere in that area. And then they've kind of they haven't made their way out really to Colorado, but they're big on the East Coast and in the Midwest. And so we're getting for, trans- those, for those who oh, real quick. I'm sorry for those who don't know what transfusions are. It's vodka. Got to go with Tito's. Um, so it's Tito's and then uh, ginger ale and grape juice. So it's got this kind of sweet but like bubbly. I almost think that you could mix like grape soda and vodka and it almost tastes the same. But it's got a little bit of ginger to it. It is really good, but we ordered like a million of them. Yeah, and so and Oliver's. We were talking in the Borat voice, and he said, "Very nice. Uh, how much?" And the bar or the Bev Carlady goes one twenty. So it was very in a very serious tone. I think she. It was pretty early. It was ten o'clock there by the time we started drinking. So she wasn't very enthralled with us. So we were first customers of the day because I can't. I guess you no, can't serve liquor. Well, I guess you can't be, serve to, liquor in Florida honest, until you're we ten. Did start, we did bring our, some of our own booze. No, we don't we, promote that. We don't promote bad things on the show. <laughs> but okay. Here's here's the thing. We're just gonna lay this out. If you're going to play a resort and you're paying, we paid one sixty five a person, and we still bought three rounds from the Bev Card. We we dropped and and we bought merchandise. We dropped easy over a grand in the twelve to fourteen hundred dollar range. There, like the you know if you're going to a really expensive place and you know it, and if you bars we've talked about this. If you buy some drinks from the Bev Card girl. There's nothing wrong with bringing a little bit of your own hoochie. You know what I mean? Your like, own sauce. Or your ho- own sauce. hooch. I'm sorry. It's hooch. <laughs> bringing, bringing a little bit of your own booze. Good God. So, okay. No, you just got to bring. We, we had some water bottles in the the cart, and we're just such savages that we ended up mixing it with Tito's, and we are just drinking Tito's and waters for the front nine. Tito's, waters, and then, propels, and I had a little squirt of Mio in my bag left, so... Got in on that. Yeah, that that's always a swift play too to leave a little bit of Mio in your bag just in case you never know what's gonna happen. But what did you uh, what did you think of Key Island? What like what was what was your takeaway from it? Good golf, bad golf, like what like we do in our course reviews, which we're gonna include a course review t- attached to this of Key Island. It's not gonna be as well, in depth as our normal ones are, but just kind of go over the course and if you guys get a chance and get out to Kiwa, go play. Um, Oak Point play Ocean Course if you get the chance there it's a great group of golf courses. Yeah, so there's five there's five eighteen hole golf courses out there, and it's basically a resort style setup. I mean, there's it's all very good golf. The Ocean Course is what it's known for, but in my opinion, the golf was okay. So the conditions were very good. The course conditions were very good. There's no question there. I mean. I was very impressed with the greens, the fairways, the rough. I mean, the rough's a little patchy, but it was beginning of December, so, you know, you can only do so much there. But uh, the layout overall, I will say that resort courses do tend to overcharge just based on their name, and that's just the the fact of the matter. Uh, We played the course called Oak Point um, out at Kew Island, and... Like I said, we paid 165 a person for the green fee. 
And a lot of people are probably like, well, don't you get to play free golf if you're a professional or whatever. But a lot of those times when Spencer and I are on trips, we'd rather pay for the golf and just be customers and not have to tow a certain line what, during our round of golf, you yeah. know, keep up pace of play. Call the pro and, and then you have to do the, like, getting free golf is cool as a professional, but it's a lot more, especially in a COVID year when the golf courses are busy, it's a lot more of a hassle. Sometimes it's just worth paying the green fee. Yeah, so we ended up paying, and uh, the course was, layout-wise, I'd probably give it maybe uh, a 6 or 7 out of 10, given the price range. I would probably I would probably lean more towards a six. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun, but layout wise, it was nothing that like jumped off off the uh, the page to me. So, I, what did you think, Spence? Yeah, the, I liked the one thing I really liked is starting on a par five. That's one of my favorite things of all time. I uh, still couldn't make par, but that's fine. I missed a putt and missed a knee knocker. <laughs> Easy bogey. Easy bogey. Oh, I hit it in the trees and had to hit a kind of a punch shot or flop shot, my second shot. But Well, you um, had a wedge in for your third. The yeah. ball also goes nowhere there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what that's my main takeaway from playing there. And I'll never forget this shot as long as I live. I this is our th- and, and I actually did remember this part of the third nine. <laughs> or no, maybe that was the second day. We played our buddy Oliver. He's a member at Stone Ferry. And we played that course, played the first nine the first day, and then played 18 the second day. And I, so just for the record, at at, C, at Colorado, in, in Colorado at Spring Valley, when I'm 200 yards out to 205, that is a, what we call a stock 7-iron. Basically, that's a perfect 7-iron for me. I make a 100% swing, um, everything like that. And I... Had 168 yards in at Stona Ferry, middle of the fairway. I hit it about 95% pure. I did a club twirl. I thought I was going to be close, thought I was going to be winning the skin off the boys, making a birdie, and it landed about 20 yards short of the green. Now, granted, the ball I was playing at that moment wasn't the best. I was, who knows what, I was playing a non-tour ball so that could have affected it a little bit maybe a little more spin off or hit it too high or whatever but that was ingrained into my mind for the rest of the trip because the ball does go nowhere and you and the other thing just about playing courses not necessarily sea level courses but courses that you haven't played a lot the eye lines and the depth perception was so off for me like you see yeah. a ball flying and you're like oh it's gonna hit that tree and then it lands 20 yards short of it or it's like, oh, should I, I should be able to fly that bunker, and then you, you don't even hit the bunker. So I think that that's what playing a you know that's why pros when they go out and play tournaments they play two three practice rounds. They granted they probably played that course multiple times in their lives, but it's really hard when you play a course for the first time. And you're just seeing the layout to figure out where you want to hit it first of all, but second of all, what you can carry, what you can't, what things look like because that can affect you know if you feel comfortable like oh, I can miss to the right, and you normally miss to the right, you feel comfortable making a hard swing off the driver. But then when you get up there and realize that that your eyes were just kind of messing with you and you really couldn't miss to the right, you end up in a bad spot. Oh, yeah. And what I will say, we've talked about it, but that's the difference between playing at sea level, which, I mean, 99%, well, 95% of PGA Tour events are played at sea level or about at sea level. So they're used to that. But us playing majority of the time 
in Colorado at altitude and going to sea level, I would say that's harder to adjust to. And I, I guess I don't know the other side of it, but uh, I'd say it's harder to adjust to going down to sea level because the ball literally falls out of the air. Like up here at altitude, and I would say the conditions were a little soft at Kiwa Island. They've been getting a lot of rain. But I blasted a three wood, and I usually hit three wood. I carry it about 255 out here at, uh, at altitude. It rolls out to about 270, whatever. But I carry it around 255, 260, and I blasted three wood from 250 and came up 15 yards short. And I thought, I, I was like, that's got to be there. Like, I hit it so hard, and I don't hit it a very long way. But I was like, I hit that. I hit that as good as I can. And it came up 15 yards short. I was also hammered, so I could have been feeling some other things at the time. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just nuts, the difference between um, altitude and, and playing at sea level. But we had a blast. We had an absolute blast. And then so we played Oak Point that uh, Friday, and then we went and played nine at Stono Ferry, um, which is an awesome country club, by the way. Uh, I don't know if it's fully private. I think it might be fully private, but I'm not sure if you can get tea times there or not. Uh, but if you're ever out in the Charleston area, give it a look. Um, great track. It's a, the home course of College of Charleston. They have this sweet setup at the end of the range. They've got like a full-blown house and then like a, a garage with uh, doors that you can open and hit balls out of. I was like, holy shit, I wish I would have gone to College of Charleston to play golf just so I could hang out there. But uh, overall, the golf was a blast. Um, what, did, what did you think of Stona Ferry? I, I honestly enjoyed Stona Ferry more than I enjoyed Kiowa. And Stona Ferry, even though it's a country club, is a lot less expensive than Kiowa. So I, what, I, I don't know what you thought, but I thought the layout of Stona Ferry was a lot better. Yeah, the back nine of Stona Ferry was pretty incredible, and there was a bunch of... Uh artifacts and stuff there was some battle there back in like world war one so they had like a little cannon some battle they had like a cannon on the right side of 12 i believe which was cool um and then you get out and you the first night of stone fairy you don't see any water or it's just kind of a a treed line like muni basically is kind of what it feels like and then you get out to 12 green 13 14 and you're right along the river and then it turns into a really beautiful back nine golf course with a lot of good you know, good golf, that par three, even though I blew it, made the most incredible par of my life, one-handing a putt because I was so pissed off. That was one of the most incredible holes just because they have one tee box for everybody. It's out literally on the water. They build the tee box up off the water, basically on a port or whatever, a, board, a boardwalk. And then... A hort? I said a port. Oh, a port. Yeah, well, they basically built it out into the river. Yeah. They had, to ex they had to move a shitload of dirt to put it out in the middle of the river so that, yeah, the tee box was incredible. Well, uh, that was the coolest, probably the coolest hole we played the entire trip. Yeah, well, and one thing to talk about, too, is the just the difference in wildlife. So out here, it's like, oh, it's cool to see a deer. We saw some fat gators. Those things would have wrecked us. Those were huge. Like massive. That like was like a legit dinosaur. Oliver calls them dinosaurs. Yeah. That, that one had to have been 12, 13 feet long. Like, it was huge. Fucking massive. And Spencer was just drunk enough to walk, like, 15, 20 feet away from it. I'm like, bro, you know how fast those things move? 
you'd be you'd be in half right now if that thing would have caught you. Oh, I'd be toast, no doubt. But I run pretty quick. <laughs> I move pretty quick. Yeah. My my forties under you do, six you seconds. You do move pretty quick. If if you would have been sober, I'd have felt better about it. But yeah, and in golf in golf shoes, it might have been a train wreck. Well, and then we can't forget to mention. So then we went up to Charlotte. We were supposed to play golf on Monday. Um, we went to the game Sunday. We were supposed to play golf on Monday. We didn't end up playing golf because it was 50 and rainy, and we were just super hungover, not really feeling it. But we got to give a quick shout-out to the Denver Broncos. Um, Drew Locke balled out. Drew Locke was amazing. We were there, best uh, game of his career thus far. Yeah, he, he, had, he careered it, as you like to say. When you play a good round, of, when you play your best ever round of golf, he careered it is, is our terminology. But uh, – Drew Lock careered it. KJ Hamler had a little coming out party. Uh, a few other guys had some pretty good games, but overall, just a blast to be at. Um, they quit selling liquor at halftime, which we worked around, but it was a little bit of a problem. I think we had we, about twenty-four to thirty total busies under all of our seats by the end of the game. Be, between four of us, so we're not proud of that, but we kind of are. Uh, we we put them away. And so overall, great trip. Uh, it was Spencer's birthday, so everyone wish Big Drive Spence a happy twenty seventh birthday. It was on the twelfth, so it's a little late, but getting old, man. late ones. Getting old. Yeah, you're getting very old. I'm surprised. My back uh, still hurts from surprised you don't have your AARP card in the mail yet, but my back is still sore from golfing and or the bed or whatever the issue was. But you know, it's fine. It was worth yeah, it. Yeah, no, it is what it is. But overall, it was a very fun trip. If you're ever out in the Charleston area, uh, go play some golf. It's it's a great golf town. And then Charlotte, obviously, we didn't get a chance. But Charlotte was a pretty cool city. I was, I was pretty impressed. Charlotte, Midwood, Barbecue, Fireplace. And if you're looking, that's a great barbecue spot in general. So Midwood is a great spot in Charlotte. And then in Charleston, home team is can't be beat. That place is. And get the, uh, what is that thing? What is that drink called? That we got. At home team? Yeah. That we started. Oh, to... the, the, oh, the reviver, the revitalizer, or, um, something like that. It, it ended up, there is, we, we, there is a home team in Aspen for those of you that are close to Aspen. Um, what, I gotta figure out what this drink is though, right now. I think it's called the revitalizer. No, I, that sounds wrong. <laughs> well, I, I, Long story short, it's a uh, it's a bunch of rum and some juices and shit. You know, everyone's had one of those. It's basically a a borderline uh, Long Island iced tea. But we had game quite changer. It's called the game changer. The game changer. Okay, the game changer. Yeah, it, it changed the game because Spencer ended up running out in the ocean, buck buck ass naked, <laughs> and there it was about fifty five degrees. In the water, I can assume. I don't know how he did it. Just some liquid courage, but uh, bad decisions were made. Nothing too bad. I mean, we made it back no, to Colorado. We were safe. It was funny because, like, we were super socially distanced the whole time. Like, it was basically us and Oliver and our friend Eric the whole time. There was no one around. Golf, like, we had most of the course to ourselves. There's not a group around us. The ocean, we were just chilling out by the ocean at, like, 11 o'clock at night. No one around. Um, you could dine in in Charlotte and Charleston, which was nice. It'd be nice to dine in again, get a little break from that, uh, which we can't do here in Colorado. But it was like, 
for a COVID trip, it was about, you know, the game had 7,000 fans or whatever. So it was about as perfect as it could be as if you're, if you're traveling during COVID, you know, you, it's, it was about as safe as, as you could feel. So. Oh, for sure. And I mean, we both went and got tested and we both came back negative right after we landed. So we don't have the, the cocoa, but yeah, I, traveling during a pandemic, other, wearing the mask is a pain in the ass and I can't drink on the plane, but that's probably for the better. I, me and drinking on planes never ends well. I usually get off blacked out or borderline. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall great, great trip. No complaints. Go Broncos. And uh, definitely go, yeah, definitely go play golf in Charleston or any North Carolina, South Carolina club up about two times. But other than that, it's, it's great golf. So you can, uh, Go out there and try those out and let us know what you think. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, I think I think we're about done. I think that's it so. for us. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Of course, always tune in to these podcasts. Give us a rating or review if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, please give us a rating, review if you like us. If you don't like us, let us know. It always helps us out. Um, you guys can head over to the DNVR uh, locker and always get a OGO golf polo. It's Christmas time, so we'll probably get those out to you by Christmas. If not, you get a gift card from your family. Go buy one. Uh, we'll start having um, once again. We'll, like I said earlier, we're gonna give away a golf membership. So look for that. But appreciate you guys. Follow us on all socials at Big Drive Spence at Big Drive Mitch at DNVR underscore Golf. We got a lot of good snowy TikToks in the works here, so should be coming out with some more content soon. Play WGT, and uh, that's about it. That's about how you get your golf fix in Colorado. Golf video games. PGA Tour 2K21. Join our society, uh, DNVR, or Big Drive Energy, and come play some PGA Tour 2K21, some WGT with us. I think. Absolutely, man. And that's, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Pod Bros out.